Welcome to the Alien Probe Podcast. It is December 31st, the last day of 2022. I'm Doug, and joining me today is Corey. Corey, how's it going? Can you hear me? pretty good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on again. Um, yeah, it's going pretty good. Just watching the the, uh, the world kind of wash away outside. Yeah, Deb's at uh, Ansel Hoffman, and it's, the parking lot's now part of the river. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i said be careful because he throws the stick in for the dog i go you know the current's running pretty good i don't want to lose the dog you know and they've got a homeless kind of interesting because they have a homeless camp that's uh on an island in the middle of the river at ansel hoffman and um they've there's probably five families living on that thing and the um the releases have gotten a little bit um shall we say higher <laughs> <laughs> out of Folsom Lake and uh but they're still there they're still got their encampments they're still there they're not seem don't seem to be worried that anything's going to happen so I hope they get off there by the time you know the river gets higher high enough to wash away their tents so yeah I heard that a lot of them were uh leaving the area in, uh, in anticipation of the flood so uh they had a helicopter there flying over back and forth and they had their um sound their megaphone or whatever you want to call it the amplifier and they're talking and telling them to leave that it's gonna get bad it doesn't say it's like rain it has i don't know about there but it's rain like a proverbial cow pissing on a flat rock here and it has been like that for a while so yeah it pretty it pretty much hasn't stopped all night it's uh i mean it seems like it's slowed down a little bit right now but uh, yeah, it's. I guess we need it every you know decade or so. Yeah, my... we need to refill the coffers. <laughs> we need we need water. <laughs> it's been having yeah. the D word, <laughs> the drought word, has been thrown about so many times here in California in the last few months, and we're. I thought if we don't get any rain, we're it's going to be a problem. Now it's of course you know now it's like oh it's too much it's going to flood Wilton. Or whatever. <laughs> Do you watch the local newscast and pay attention to that? Uh, not really. I, I get like news alerts on from uh, like various different things on my phone that talks about it. So it kind of keeps me up to date. Yeah, we'll watch but, uh, the Channel 3 news and kind of... It looks looks like they cut, you know, that guy that murdered those four people in Utah. <laughs> those four... Yeah. Uh, it's college. I, they I saw, caught that guy. Yeah, I saw something about that. Yeah, it's. I'm like, he's just another student. <laughs> I'm like, good lord. I mean, what? I, he like fancied himself a forensic pathologist or something. And it was, it was weird. I, the whole story isn't out yet, but I'm like, whoa, damn. It's ugly. Crazy world. So today we've got Fade to Black. We're talking about the, the YouTube. Uh, segment of Fade to Black with uh, Jimmy Church, and we're not really not Jimmy Church isn't the focus of this. More that Gary Nolan, the immunologist, uh, Doctor Gary Nolan, immunologist, inventor, and um, academic, and um, guy who debunked the uh, that little skeleton thing that looked like it was an alien. So. That was him, right? Atacama. Yeah, Atacama. Atacama. Yeah. So, um, 
What do you think about Mr. Gary? I know we, I know we, we're, we're workmates, so we talk a lot about this stuff at work, and we always think we should just (laughs) record it there. Hopefully, we didn't use up all our good stuff. No, no, there's plenty to talk about. Um, Yeah, I think I think he's really interesting. I I didn't really know a lot about him. I heard his name come up multiple times in different videos and things like that. So he's kind of new to me as far as who he is, Um, but sounds like a like a really interesting guy. Um, And it's always good to to see somebody from the academic community or the you know scientific community that comes out in um, you know in a positive way for the for the UFO subject. Um, So uh, yeah, and the more that I you know, read about him and see videos and interviews, um, the more kind of fascinated I am with him. So, um, yeah, really interesting guy. I thought this was a really good interview. Uh, I don't know a lot about Jimmy Church, um, but he seems kind of interesting. Uh, got a bunch of guitars in the background, so I'm sure there's a whole story about that. Um, but yeah, he, and he seems to be involved in a lot. I haven't listened to any of his other, uh, interviews yet, but, um, yeah, very fascinating interview. He did a really good job. Um, and there was a couple times where it was kind of like, a, to me at least, like a couple jaw-dropping moments. Um, I thought that he said a couple things which really kind of stood out. So, um, yeah, fascinating. Yeah, he, it sounds like he leads a very fascinating life. I mean, he's he's not worried about the stigma of the UFO connection. I mean, it seems he's got his own money. He's made a lot of money. I mean, I think he's invented some things in the you know um, world of. Um, you know, medicine. So I think yeah. he's got patents or something. And so he's he mentioned that he's not worried about that. It's kind of like a couple other guys that are involved in this. But it almost seems like, you know, he's involved in, you know, a couple of different things. And it just seems like it's almost like, if, I hate to say it, but it helps, smells a little bit like the Elizondo thing to me. I mean, he's... He's definitely involved, but he can only say so much, you know. Yeah, and um, which is understandable. He can't if it's a matter of national security. Um, obviously, he can't say, but you know, he talks to people that are in the first-hand knowledge of. He doesn't sound. And we talked to Bill, and I talked about this paperboy thing. So we'll, he was a paperboy, and he saw a UFO fly over. Yeah. And uh, we won't talk about my paperboy um, experience. So then um, the uh, let me see the um, also he said he had little men in his his uh, little beans in his room. Did you catch that also? Yeah, yeah. In fact, um, it's he mentioned a couple things. So yeah, he mentioned about the the paperboy experience what he had when he was younger, um, and then he talked about not only himself but his family. Um, we're seeing little beings and unfortunately he didn't go into a lot of detail about that. Um, I wish he had a little bit more, um, as far as, you know, give a little bit more context to what kind of experience it was or, you know, what ended up actually happening. But, but the fact that he admitted to that, um, I thought was really fascinating. Um, and he seemed pretty genuinely talking, you know, talking about it. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, like I said, very interesting guy. Um, and then like you were saying, as far as his, his connections, um, it does sound like he was obviously involved in, you know, some of the higher echelons. Um, you know, he mentioned being approached by the CIA, which I thought was really interesting. Um, 
and I didn't quite understand what he's saying because he, he was talking about they approached him about it's the um, it sounded like it was connected to and we've talked about this before about getting close to the UFOs and people getting sick and yeah, having, and, yeah. and he's somehow involved he's I don't know if he's involved I think he's involved in Project Galileo and yeah also and yeah. now he says that there's people that are in Galileo that won't that are in um, the scientific community that aren't coming out and s- admitting that they're with Galileo or that, that they're involved in the research for the um, for the UFOs and uh, yeah so I mean there are scientists there that are still today that are you know risking feels like they're risking their uh, their careers if they come out with this so it feels like it's there. He's talked to someone who is in the know, and they said that we definitely have some kind of craft. Now, I don't want to say interstellar because you know my feeling about where they might be from. Maybe, maybe they're, you know, from the future. You know, um, you know, yeah. I'm going to go off track a little bit. the The Rendlesham, Rendlesham, is that the UK one? Yeah. Um, I was, you know, watching ancient. I was watch ancient aliens from time to time, and uh, that crashed. Even they deciphered the binary code, you know, the o one o one o one whatever, and um, it had a bunch of, um, you know, again, I don't know how true all this is, but there's allegedly other people that have came up with the same answer that there they that was actually from the few they meant it came up on when they deciphered that code that they were actually from. The could have been from the future because they mentioned eighty one hundred, the year eighty one hundred. So it was um, that. Of course, you know, caught my eye. I don't, you know, when Ancient Aliens is on, I kind of halfway because I've heard it. It seems like I've heard every story, you know. And they keep dredging up. They keep redredging up the same. <laughs> it seems like the same thing and with a different angle, you know. But it was that was a future thing, and then the rest of the uh, were points on the globe that were you know Mayan temples and things like that and the pyramid the Giza pyramid and that kind of thing but you know anyway well that's I just wanted to because I'm I'm a proponent of the fact that I think that these things could possibly be from the future the extra tempestrials yeah and I'm still reading that book identified flying objects and they also mentioned that you know they think Roswell I mean, he. This guy talks about the autopsy and that the aliens had the large black eyes. You know how they have, mm-hmm. and that those were lenses. They removed the lenses, and behind those lenses were what could be more described as what you know, an eye that we would have. But it, oh yeah, yeah. I yeah, found but, that but, yeah. interesting. Yeah, the Rendlesham one is a very uh, that's that's one of my favorite um, UFO uh, events, um, and it's funny. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because um, some of that information didn't come out till later, uh, where the the guy that was exposed to the the craft, um, and he was uh, he said that that information came to him. I don't know if it was immediate or if it was later when he started writing the information down, 
Um, and that's where he saw that, like you said, that binary code. And I think there was one that was a, like an island somewhere. Yeah, um, there was like there's at least six or eight locations. Yeah, yeah, which is really and, and the whole case is interesting. Um, and this guy almost, wasn't a scientist, and he brought out a notebook and did the wrote down the binary code, and then obviously somebody else had to decipher it. But yeah, he was one of the guards, I think. He was a sergeant. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he and, just touched the this ship, and it like put this thing in his head. And then later on down the road, he got a notebook and and wrote it down. It's bizarre. I mean, it's a b really bizarre story. Yeah, it's cool. But, it, but it's interesting because the you know at the time they didn't know, um, and a lot of I mean this is pretty you know common information, but at the time they didn't know that they were storing you know nuclear weapons at that at that base. And so, you know, kind of to lend some, some credence to your theory, you almost wonder if, if it is a time travel, um, you know, angle to it, if they're almost coming back to like, make sure that we don't push that button yeah. or something, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because they seem to be obviously fascinated with the nuclear, you know, uh, uh, weapons and anything nuclear really. Uh, so yeah, that, that's a, that's an interesting one. And then Roswell, like you mentioned, uh, there's, so many different theories and there's the i don't know if you saw the um she was an aide of uh, einstein i think we've talked about this before yeah it came out later well she originally came out back in the 90s and talked about how she was there uh, all the things that happened but she didn't want that information released um and then after she had passed i think um, they came out with that information and she had talked about how they were um, from somewhere really far away, uh, took them a really long time to get here. And she had, you know, they asked her a bunch of questions. And so, yeah, who knows? I mean, we record, there was a recording of her that we did on one of the episodes. Yeah. And, yeah. um, she was an assistant. We talked about Einstein's people yeah. that accompany yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, she I was mean, a young woman that he invited from a university and right. she was with him, and she saw the um, the beans. I don't know if she saw the craft. She may have saw the craft. But they went into this out in the middle of, like, the desert, and there's just, a, like, a shack there, and they come in, and a big shack, like a little house, and that's where the they were keeping these beans. One was alive at the time. Mm -hmm. But it's... Um, it's you know it was it was that was a really interesting story too i mean but she was 80 when they interviewed her she was 80 something years old and i can't believe somebody that was born 80 years ago is going to fabricate a story like that you know just make it up yeah yeah it's weird. there's no reason to um, yeah. and, it, and it would make sense that they would invite the you know the top site oh well I don't know if the, how they would keep them from talking, but, um, you know, they would invite the top scientists at the time to come and look at it because, you know, it would be something completely exotic to them. So to try to maybe figure out what it was. And she had, she described the craft and the, the bodies, the craft, um, yeah. quite a bit, actually. So, yeah, that was. Yeah, I find, yeah, Bill and I did a, did a segment on that. So it's, it's, yeah, that's a pretty compelling story. I mean, I like the ones that really show that, there could be something to this, but again, Gary Nolan says, talk to somebody in the know, and he's, we have a, he didn't say we have multiple craft, but you know, we're, we're of course spin off into the Bob Lazar thing where he said, 
I think he said five or seven at S four and back when he was there. The two yeah, the two weeks that he spent there at fifty one. Yeah, but it you know, it it it's interesting because the Gary Nolan talks about the um the private industry basically yes. being in in possession of these craft and exotic material, which makes sense. And if you look at the way that, that Bob Lazar, according to him, was recruited, it was through uh, a private organization that did it. So it wasn't necessarily military. And then even Area 51, I mean, that's pretty much been Lockheed's playground for the last, like, 60 years. So, yeah. um, and, he, and they specifically mentioned in this, I think they mentioned Lockheed a couple times. I think, I don't know if it was um, Jimmy Church had mentioned it. And uh, Richard, you know, Dolan didn't want to exactly say exactly that it was Lockheed, but he was kind of assuming that it was. Um, and it would make sense that, that if anybody had that material, it, it would be a private, you know, company. Then you can kind of keep it out of the purview of the government, which, you know, uh, then the government doesn't, except for the funding, doesn't really have a means to go and you right. know, get the information of what that is. So, yeah, I think there's a whole lot of handshaking going on and, you know, companies that do that. But yeah, I thought that was interesting because to me in the interview, he pretty much, without saying it, coming out and saying it, he, I, to me, he said that they have it yeah. and that's what's going on. So I think Jimmy Church did a really good job of asking questions to get information, but not getting exact information. And, you know, but at least that's how I interpreted it. We're never going to get to specific. Well, well, maybe we'll eventually get a specific, but you know, it's not coming now, but he again, knew people in the know in you're right. Yeah, he said private industry, and he mentioned. I mean, I, I don't know if you caught it that um, that the private industry is there's a guy that died. He goes, it's kind of like he used this example. And it was kind of weird. A uh, guy that died, and you know, had this information, and then it fell to another person, either in this private industry or the military. It sounds like private industry, probably. So somebody dies that had got this, and they called it like a bunch of gold. You have this gold, and you don't want to give the gold away. You know, you want to keep the gold, and they, the gold is the information. And this, so the new person has the gold, whoever this is, and they don't want to give it because are they making anything out of it? Are we doing anything with it? Are we? And we we always talk about what possibly you know how quickly. And this is very common knowledge about how quickly um, we've advanced technologically since the 1940s, after, especially after the Roswell crash. Yeah, I, I think that they um, I think that they've gotten a lot of information and as much as they can within the, the you know, the confines of, of science to, you know, what they can get from it. Um, I think there's certain, you know, aspects of the, the materials that are within our technological means. And I think there's a lot that are without, um, you know, like Roswell, uh, if you go by what Corso, you know, Philip, Philip J. Corso, I think was his name. Yeah. He's the one that talked about all the, you know, the technology that came after, um, you know, they found that craft, which if you look back, I mean, there is a kind of a Renaissance as far as the certain, you know, technologies after 1947. So, um, but I think, once you get past a certain point, and, and I've heard this referenced a couple times, um, you know, Bob Lazar, um, there was another gentleman, I, I just can't think of his name right now, but he was one of the higher ups in the, um, 
the Air Force, and he talked about the the drive system, and he just said that he you know wanted he wanted to know how this thing functioned, and they just could not figure it out. Yeah. So I don't know what's changed since that point. I think within physics they can probably determine how it functions, what type of fuel it uses, but as as a you know to if you go back to Lazar and he talks about the you know the, the heavy elements that are required that we just don't have access to um i think we're kind of limited on that that part of it but but as far as the metallurgy and things like that i think that um we've definitely you know taken that technology and utilized it in stealth you know aircraft uh, as far as the you know the the, the electric components and things like that I, I definitely think that we've we've used that yeah, they mentioned also that, that Einstein's, they've adjusted, I don't want to say the th- Einstein's theory of relativity, I think it was one of his other theories. Um, they've adjusted that and based it on, because he was using, when he did those computations, because he was a freaking genius, he did those computations based on um, our ability to make a certain level of power. So now they've adjusted um their the theory based mm-hmm. on the amount of power that we can have now now we just of course fusion yeah something fusion. that is just you know and they were they talked about fusion and that it's a you know it's eventually going to be available if we can put it all together available to everyone just like you know it's going to be on a power grid and it's not going to be it's not going to be free it's just like energy now it's you know, it should. I would say it should be free, but it's there is going to have to be, an, you know, an infrastructure to get this to your house. Yeah, when it's used yeah. for home electricity, it's going to be unlimited amounts of things we can use this with. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, um, it'll be there. Will be a fee. <laughs> yeah, well, there always is. <laughs> we're never going to get. We're never going to get away with it for nothing. No, I mean somebody's going to have to build that reactor. Um, you know, but. But once you do that, and um, and and, they, and it's not just Einstein. I mean, he's he changed his theory a little bit. But it, since that time, you know, they've talked about like if you bring up like, uh, and I think Gary Nolan mentioned this too about, um, you know, that at one point, you know, to 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 have a wormhole, they calculated that it would take all of the energy within the universe, or you know, uh, I don't know, a certain number of suns, in order to have enough power to you know to be able to bend space like that. Well, they've right. since like rerun the figures and it's actually so it keeps shrinking yep. keeps shrinking and like gary nolan said you know they've found um a, you know some kind of cheat which i think you know given a, a long enough time span we're going to figure that out uh we're just not there yet but you know obviously these these beings whoever wherever they come from you know they figured out that technology plus they have access probably to heavier elements and things like that that we don't have yet um, so we're, we're getting there and I think, oh, you know, our understanding keeps getting better and better over time, you know, to try to figure these things out, but, but it's fascinating and it, I think it lends a lot of credence to the whole UFO phenomenon that, you know, they're not just these mystical craft like they used to be, you know, 50 years ago. Um, we can actually look at these things and say, okay, you know, this technology makes sense within the science or the physics that we know and yeah. how they operate. So I don't um, think we these craft that we see typically, not we see the people that see them typically. <laughs> um, they don't. They're not interstellar. I don't. If they're interstellar, they got to be. They can't take time to get here. 
you know, it's got to be a wormhole or it's got to be some inner dimension. I mean, there's this keeps popping up, you know, the interdimensional um, thought that, you know, that they're just sliding, you know, in and out of the, you know, the dimension. That's my theory on Bigfoot, too. I think Bigfoot's, I'm really putting it out there now, but Bigfoot's an interdimensional entity, if it exists at all. I don't, um, that, that's a reason why I don't know why it's there and what he's doing, but it's. Do you believe in Bigfoot? Are you a Bigfoot proponent? Uh, you know, it's funny. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't for a while, and I kind of uh, the last few years I, I started kind of looking into it, watching shows, and um, and there's a, there's a lot of evidence, and it's kind of the same as the UFO thing. It, you know, a lot of people have seen it, so you're kind of going on, you know, based on what they see, but at the same time, I think as technology's gotten better. Um, you know, people have, have captured more evidence and um, there seems to be almost, I think, a connection between the two. Like where you see one, you kind of see the other. You see UFOs, you see Bigfoot. Yeah. Um, and kind of like the UFO phenomenon, which um, there's like this kind of aloof, not, I want to say like aloofness to it, where they're, you know, for the most part, they're benign. But at the same time, it's like they're there. And you don't know why they're there, but you know Bigfoot's kind of similar. It's like it, it seems to show up and then just kind of disappear. You know, um, so yeah. there's a what lot. Are of they on vacation evidence. or what's the deal? You know, well, they're I mean, always like up in the woods in the middle of nowhere, creeping up on people. It's yeah, like, okay, yeah. what are we? Are they just observing people? You know, they know that's the only way because the way they look, they're not going to be able to go in the city. And wander around and check people out because that would be a little unusual. Um, but you know, they they are they must are they studying uh, us up there? And it's usually the Pacific. You know, it's everywhere. It's Pacific Northwest. It's the and you know, there's Sasquatches of different kind. You know, different breed. I you might say in yeah, the, uh, Yeti. the Yeti's the Yeti a different. It's the same thing, but it's you know somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like it's, it's one of those questions. It's just, I don't know if we're ever going to have the answer to <laughs> it's, we never I seem mean, to find a dead one. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Yeah. They got their, you know, they had that one Josh, whatever that guy's name is. Oh, the hoaxer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but how often do you see a bear carcass too? Yeah. Um, I mean, even a deer carcass, it's, you know, you'll, occasionally you know because the elements and, and then scavengers and everything are pretty much going to take care of most of the evidence but yeah but there's something about, yeah but there's yeah, something you're talking yeah. about something but um uh there's a good show i know you and i've talked about it um it's the expedition bigfoot that's the one i started watching yeah. and that's the one i think that they've taken the technology and looked and you know done the most with it and they found some pretty interesting evidence i mean you're going you know it's, it's a tv show so i get it. it's going to be edited and things like that but um, at the same time there's like you know camera footage and things that um i don't think that they can you know uh, i don't know why they would fake it but there's some pretty very very interesting things that they've caught on there so yeah and it's like i said how often do you see those things you know it's well they get pictures of them you know these some of the pictures are rather compelling um but the um i don't know again we don't they're never dead (laughs) they're always there's you know it's like if we were exploring another planet i mean 
I guess we would gather up if somebody got hurt or killed. We would not leave them there. <laughs> we would, well, pro- you, know. you know what I mean? We would gather them up, put them in a bag, and take them back to our spacecraft. Um, we wouldn't just leave them there for the wolves to eat. So maybe they're just, if they get, they don't necessarily, we think of them as just one wandering around, but in Expedition Bigfoot, do they talk about them being in groups or are they just individuals or are they not, um, are they not well, team players? Had, well, they've <laughs> had witnesses that have seen them in groups, yeah. um, like they've seen families and things like that. And um, for the most part, they're, they're pretty singular, but they literally will have, you know, like uh, infrared footage, like they're watching one and you can see it. I mean, you're assuming that's what it is. It's huge. It's massive, but um, it'll literally be there. And then all of a sudden it's just gone. Like it's just, just disappeared. Um, And then there's like orbs that people associate with them. They see them around them. Um, And then a lot of times there's UFO sightings at the same time. So I don't know if they're just taking them on a field trip, if they're just, you know, dropping them off in the forest, you know, let them hang out for a little bit. Um, you know, go to Humboldt County, pick up some weed, yeah, get back on the ship, take off, me, I don't know. get high. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's uh I, I think it's related. I think it's all uh related to that phenomenon. Uh, you know, just based on time and the evidence and everything that you see on that. So So back to Gary Nolan. What are some of the other things you kind of were thinking about him? So he, there was one. Uh, oh, okay. So we talked about the Wilson Davis memo. Yeah, um, that's the Admiral that's a, Admiral Wilson. Admiral Wilson, and then uh, Eric Davis, um, who Eric Davis I think works within the aerospace community, I believe. Yeah, and they had the memo. Um, There's a memo. That's the one with the memo, and there they were in a car chatting. Is that that one? Yeah, yeah. So he talked about Eric Davis, um, who he thinks is very. Um, uh, He's articulate, and he can think. He, I know that's the one he was thinking. He, the guy, can like photographic kind of memory. Can yeah, yeah, and then also that he's you know the believable. Like what he's saying is, is that there's no reason that he would say that this happened. Uh, of course, Admiral Wilson denied the, that that ever happened, but you know he's in a different position to to where that, that might be something he might have to do. But, uh, but again, it was, you know, he, like I said, he kind of indirectly confirmed that that was probably something that actually took place without actually, you know, confirming it, or, right. you know, coming out right out saying it. So I thought that was interesting, but yeah, he said a lot of, there was a lot of things. I took a lot of notes on it. Um, the last one I thought was, uh, that kind of struck me was interesting was the, um, and he didn't say it, um, Jimmy Church brought it up, but he talked about consciousness, which I think is a very important one. Um, and he talked about the connection between consciousness and physics, right? Because there's a lot of um, theories out there that the two are um, kind of entangled. Basically, they're related to each other. Um, and then so he, t- he talked about that a little bit, and um, that that talk, was pretty fascinating. Talked about the remote viewing. And its relationship to, um, I mean, he literally said, you know, is it possible? He didn't say it's possible. But he said, is it possible? And it might have been um, Jimmy Church that says, you know, a trillion years from now, we're just, all we are is thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we're just thoughts. We're not even, we don't have a physical being. I think he didn't actually say that, but I think that's what he meant. 
and it's just a bunch of thoughts going. So we thought about, oh, we're going to make this planet, you know, with all these, you know, like uh, Earth, <laughs> you know, and this is like a project, like, an, and it's all AI, you know, and, you know, simulation theory. I mean, if you, have you, I mean, that kind of, I don't know if that's what they were insinuating. It felt like it, but yeah. I mean, have you well, looked into the simulation theory? Is that one thing that you've ever thought about? Yeah, I, I'm aware of it. Um, you know, it's, it's just one of the theories out there of, um, you know, what our universe is and it's completely possible. And it's one of those things that I just don't think that we're ever going to know. Um, you know, it's, it's, there's just, you're talking about these vast, vast, vast expanses of space and time. And, um, you know, could we just be a computer simulation that's running, you know, a microsecond, but it's, you know, translating to trillions of years on our side. Absolutely. Cause we yeah. do it all the time. You know, we got video games that simulate reality. We've got, uh, they run simulations all the time. Um, you know, so yeah, it's, that's a fascinating one. And, you know, uh, but there seems to be, um, at least they kind of theorize and there's a lot of, um, you know, neuroscientists that are coming out and talking about this too, about consciousness, because we still just don't understand what it is. Um, it's, it's one of those things that we just haven't quite, you know, we understand how, you know, the brain functions. Um, but at the same time, we don't know how to, what is that, you know, that 3% difference between, us and our, you know, simian, you know, yeah, Neanderthals like, you know, and things. Yeah. Yeah. What allows us to, you know, do like, you know, science and music and all well, these things. Why can't they? Because there's only two chromosomes different or whatever. Exactly. You know, and, and that's a huge <laughs> difference. I mean, look at the difference. You know, we're flying to the moon and, uh, you know, our, our, our cousins are not doing that. So, I think, and I think, I think consciousness, you know, progresses. And, and I know this is why he didn't probably want to say it because it's, it's not, you know, scientifically, I mean, they understand it, but it's really kind of still in the realm of kind of mysticism a little bit. Yeah. Uh, is it something, you know, is it something that we should be studying or trying to figure out, or is it just, uh, you know, a figment of our imagination or, you know, whatever it might be. But I thought that was interesting that he brought that up um, because I do think they're, I think, I do think they're related. Um, and there's some very, you know, fascinating things. I know we talked about before um, I saw, a picture of they showed like how I think it was dark energy. I don't think it was dark matter. I think it was dark or maybe it was dark matter. And if you look at the way that it's, that it's striated out throughout the universe, it looks almost exactly like the neurons for the human brain. Really? So yeah, it's a very, I mean, it's fat, at least that's, that was my perception of it, but I thought that was really interesting. So are, are we just in somebody's brain? Does each brain have a, you know, yeah a universe i mean i know it's getting kind of crazy and off topic but yeah it's uh nothing's ever who off knows? topic here yeah, yeah it's uh, yeah it's dark matter but can they quantify that or how do they know i mean can they put it in a jar or how do they what are the, what's the deal with dark matter no it's uh so they have detectors um and they've built quite a few uh well a few of these i think i know there's one in japan that is underground um, it's in a tank that has all these collectors and because pretty much dark matter can go through anything like it's not right. a physical thing. Um, so as it's passing through, they can detect it. So they know it's there. They theorize that it's 
that it's expand it's causing what's you know uh partially causing the expansion of the universe um so that's part of it but and then there's another thing i saw where they said that consciousness was something that was uh you know also that was somehow connected to dark matter so there's all kinds of crazy stuff i'm not a physicist i wish i was because no. um, i want to understand it better but um, but yeah they know it's there they can see it but they're still trying to figure it out because it's not something you can just go put in a jar go study it you know kind of find out so there's a likelihood that um i, I heard another theory that these craft actually utilize dark matter and dark energy yeah. So they figured out a way to tap into that as a power source, um, which would make sense because if it's abundant, there's a lot of it out there. And if you can if you can tap into that, then you've got like a you know that I don't know if it relates to that zero point energy. Right. Uh, I don't know if you've heard that before, yeah. but yeah, um, I think that's that's part of it too. So uh, yeah, it's fascinating. I, I wish that uh, science was a little bit further along because <laughs> I want to know these things. And if I had a chance to talk to an alien, those are the questions I'd be asking them. Like just how how are you doing this? Like what is up with this? Like what's inside a black hole? You know, if I had that ability to do that, so they but. may not be able to tell you. It's like there were a worker. <laughs> I don't know. It just goes. I, how's this ship? How's this ship? Yeah, how's this ship do this? I don't know. It just we get in, we sit down, and think about where we want it to go, and it goes. You know, it's yeah. like we don't really know what makes it run. We know it does. Uh, you know, I'm and sure could, to them it's old tech. You know, it's probably to them it's nothing. To us, it's magic. But yeah, it's black magic. You know, yeah, we we don't yeah. know how it's floating in anti gravity. I mean, it defies the laws of gravity, and it's so fast. And a lot of these are they just dis they look like they're it's almost like they look like they're dis they look like they're going quick, and then vanishing. But are they going into another dimension? Or are they going where are they going, you know? Into the future. Into the future. That's right. That's what. That's yeah. my campaign. That's my camp. Yeah. <laughs> From and the you, future. You know, I think anything's on the table. I mean, really. Yeah. I don't think there's any one answer. I don't think that... I think there's different species of aliens out there. I think that... I mean, they could be uh, astronauts from the future. Um, uh, I don't know. Did you get a chance to watch that... Um, uh, I was on Discovery about the uh, uh, Whitley Strieber, you know, the communion guy. No, I didn't see it. Uh, there's a there's an interesting, there's a woman in there that's talking about, she was one of the people that contacted him after the book came out. And she was talking about, I think she was younger at the time. Um, and which she said when the beings approached her, she was like terrified. And the, and the being asked her, like, why are you so, you know, scared of us? And she said, because you're you're scary looking. And he said, well, you're going to look like us in a hundred years or thousand. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. Something to yeah. the effect of that, which I thought yeah. was interesting. You know, it's like, okay. Um, yeah. That's so, what, yeah. That's what the extra tempestrial, you know, identified flying objects. That's what he says. He says, this is the East. That was one of the chapters <clears throat> in that, you know, that's what we're going to evolve into. I mean, there's, you know, we're cha like I we have less hair than we used to have. I don't know. You know, I think we've talked about this before. How much mm -hmm. hair did our forefathers have on them, on their arms? You know, used to, growing up, I know my dad had like lots of, lots of hair on him, you know. And nowadays you look at people and it's like we already have less hair. 
Yeah. You know, it's it's a rarity that somebody has a hairy forearms. Either that or they're waxing them. I don't know. Maybe they're just waxing yeah. them. Could be. <laughs> well, they just don't need it anymore. You know, you're wearing clothes and clothes yeah. are like, you know, rubbing on it. Yeah. So, th- I mean, that's that's interesting, too. And I'm sure, like, Gary Nolan's probably, you know, as a um, – I don't know if he's a uh, – it's a biologist or uh, what exactly. He's what a, a minuologist. He's a lot of things. He's oh, a, in, a minu- in, a, in a, okay. I think that's how you pronounce it. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and he's, you know, at Stanford – and you know i mean he's a big deal and it's so funny again he doesn't care i don't care if and what people think because you know it but he also talks about grants and he, that kind of popped mm-hmm. up about how he wants to like study let's say uf he did this with some of his brain you know the studies of the brain or some, i don't know if it was drugs or whatever he was doing but he says he gets the i get the money and i write a paper about something he goes this might not necessarily mean where i'm getting this money you know mean why i'm really wanting this money when the money comes in then he directs it towards what he really wants to do because he says if i tell them that this is what i really want them to do they're gonna think i'm crazy and never give me the money so i thought that was an interesting look inside the grant process if bill was on he would bill he's used to write i think he wrote grants and, you know, I, I don't know if he probably never had to do that, but it was interesting because he said, because the UFO, he kind of insinuated that this UFO thing was, he was doing that. <laughs> he was getting money mm-hmm. with grants to, and then funneling it towards his interest in the UFO uh, subject. So it's, um, which, you know, he's, you know, I don't know where he's going to be able to go with it ultimately. Again, it smells a little like, like Elizondo where, it, you know, this guy's out there. And Elizondo's, not, I mean, that ship seems to be sailing. I know he's involved with Galileo and all that, but it's he's kind of off the radar now. I mean, it was a, he was the biggest deal when we, you use his name as a keyword, and man, they're watching your stuff. Mm-hmm. And now it's going away, it's fading. So we're not well, sure. I, I think- yeah, I think all the information he has, I think he, that we know about it. You know, I think he, he probably knows a little bit more. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I th- I don't, I don't, I don't compare them the two together because I think Gary Nolan, um, you know, Lou came from like an intelligence background, and then kind of worked his way up, you know, and um, was involved in these things. It, it seems like from Gary Nolan, like um, you know, that he was approached by them. Yeah. Um, really, uh, which. Uh, I mean, how awesome is that? You know, you're sitting yeah. there just, you know, I don't know, looking at, you know, uh, you know, cancers or something. And then the CIA walks in and says, hey, can you, you know, we want you to look into, uh, you know, some circumstances where people were exposed to something. And, yeah. you know, so I, uh, I mean, that's yeah, that's pretty interesting on that part. But, yeah, I think um, I think he's got a lot lot coming out i think that once they get that galileo project going um and they're able to you know do some tracking and kind of see some you know uh, see the frequency of like how many these things there are you know how frequent they are where are they going um, i think that'll give us a lot of information as to you know uh, what exactly is going on with it but um i think i i think we're going to know within our lifetime i think we'll know definitively uh that you know what's happening basically i think i think we're within the 
the the home stretch and this might just me being you know um too positive about it but i think we're going to find out um what exactly is going on uh somehow i don't know how that's going to happen but um you know maybe somebody like gary nolan will you know come out and pop the top and be like yeah you know this is what's going on and this is what we know yeah and there, he, he, also, like he wants to tell us but he talked about what the ramifications are letting the genie out of the bottle um number not number one, but one of them is relig- how are the religion, the people that are religious mm-hmm. are going to view um, this, you know, this information of the, their you know, things are a lot different than they thought it was, <laughs> you know. And, um, you know, we, and I always use this, you know, I've, I've, I talk to different people about it. There's a wide range of responses to it. While religious people aren't going to care to you know it's um it's going to be a gigantic you know it's going to be a gigantic it's kind of like and i um, always equate it to contact the movie contact when gary, the gary Busey character which was the fanatical religious dude who blew up the the first you know hope i'm not you know spoiler alert they blew up the first mechanism to go by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I know you're always going to have people like that, but, um, you know, how, who's to say, cause religion's, you know, very interpretational anyways, but who's to say as you get, uh, you know, these higher dimensions, you got higher beings of existence and things like that. I mean, who's to say that there isn't a God or there, you know, that there that doesn't exist. I mean, it's so, I, I don't know about, um, and maybe like I said, I'm just looking at it from like a, you know, kind of rosy kind of point of view, but, um, I, I like the Catholic Church has come out and, and basically, I don't know if they admitted to the existence of UFOs, but they admitted to the possibility or yeah, being open to the possibility of UFOs. So I don't think that was a uh, accident. I don't. You yeah. know what I mean, I think that was a kind of a precursor to they kind of see what's coming, and so they're going to have to kind of evolve or you know. But yeah, I, I don't know why um, there seems to be something that just is really really. Uh, scary about this information coming out and I just don't know if it's a if it's a um, you know if it's a military issue whether it's you know they don't want maybe it's it's more for our benefit for them to think that we do have this material or but we you know we haven't come out and, and openly said it but I, I think other countries have it too I think China has them. I think Russia has them um, you know they've got crash retrievals and things like that also so uh, yeah I don't know it's weird I, I don't know why they don't just come out and say it but there's something that, that's keeping them well they have it's like the gold thing he was he was talking about it's like you don't want to give it up to just anybody you know if you mm-hmm. give this tech they're they're kind of concerned that if another kind like you said i think every country has their version of a crashed ufo probably if it's crashed, they're not just crashing here you know they're probably right. if they're why they're crashing all that was a joke about they can't when they train pilot trainees they just just crash (laughs) you'd think they'd be you know a little more advanced than to just fall out of the sky but you know i guess so and only to fall out of the sky in the middle of the desert they never crash into a neighborhood you know even though they're seen over neighborhoods and things but they never seem to be they're always out in the middle of of course that's where the nuclear i mean if that philosophy is true 
they're just looking at, they're concerned about the, you know, if we're going to blow ourselves up. Are they, like I said, they're extra tempestorals. They're already here. And they're just trying to keep mm-hmm. us from, you know, destroying the world. You know, they don't want nuclear wasteland. They don't want, for whatever reason, maybe we did it and they're trying to come back and prevent it. You know, who knows? Yeah. Or, I mean, you know, that the one in Brazil, the Virginia. Oh, that was a freaky, that. yeah, that was a freaky was, story uh, there. That was right outside of a town. I mean, it wasn't a wasn't a big town but i think they probably would avoid cities as much as possible yeah. um you know you do see sightings over cities and things like that but uh i don't know yeah i like because like we were talking last week about the oceans i think if we ever get access to the oceans i think we're going to find all kinds of stuff down there yeah if, most likely if something's going to crash or like a meteorite's going to strike it's going to be somewhere in an ocean somewhere it's just interesting uh, about space travel where we want to like colonize i mean i guess that's the direction we're going colonizing mars and we're it seems like if we're going to colonize another planet can't we just put people in the ocean and you know it's in that hostile environment in the ocean which is just the ocean the the pressure and things but you know now we we can't even really we've never really talked about putting a city underneath the sea you know like you see aquaman (laughs) whatever yeah it's no, got sure the got, big dome you know yeah, or I'm sure they got research stations and stuff around but uh, what, what's the until they find you know no houses i mean there's nothing platinum. big <laughs> yeah there's nothing big but we're you know we're spending all this time and money to go to the planets but we're not it's weird how we want and we should be doing this you know i support that of course but it's um, we should, because we could be obliterated whether we're in the middle of the ocean or not. I mean, the whole planet could go. So it's right. probably space travel and, you know, and, and space faring, you know, where you're going, yeah. you know. It, we're, we're on a time limit, like on this planet. Yeah, you know? I think so. I mean, it may yeah. not be tomorrow, but something is, we're eventually going to get hit. Something, how many times have we been, ex, you know, exterminated to the point where, I guess we always have survivors because we seem to come back. I don't think we come back from a microbe every single time. So whatever's happening, it's, you know, it's happening over and over. I've heard everywhere from it's happened four times to 40 times. You know, we've had we've been all the way almost extinct and came back. But, you know, it's hard to say. I heard last I heard, I think it was like 12 that they knew of or up to 12. Yeah, like mass mass extinction events that have taken place. So, well, yeah, yeah it's not a it's, it's not a question of if it's like when. Yeah, like so we, what is going to happen to the point where we're going to be destroyed enough to where we can forget about going to another planet, much less to try to just survive? You know, so it's yeah, we should go to another planet and then other planets beyond that. Or so even that, the moon. Yeah, yeah the, the moon. Um, I don't know why they spent so much money on the International Space Station. It's like, why didn't they just build a moon base? Like, yeah, well, we <laughs> abandoned the moon in the 70s. And then, so, yeah, then we did Skylab. So we we moved. To, it was money. I mean, the whole thing was it cost too much to get there. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times my sister's saying that, you know, SpaceX is lifting off like every other week. <laughs> <down> yeah. <there. laughs> 
Well, they're like doing resupply missions to the space station. Yeah. I mean, it's like a regular thing. You know what I mean? Right now they're trying to figure out how to get these astronauts off the space station because of the, the, the hole in one of the lifeboats or something that I haven't really. Yeah. He's going to, yeah, they're going to, and I didn't really know Bill was saying that the, the Russians and the Americans are left like a line in the middle of this thing where nobody, you know, we're not speaking and we're not, you know, they're, we're at odds with each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's crazy. Cause most of those, like those guys are, are scientists. I mean, some of them are in the military too, but yeah, um, you don't really, when yeah. you're in the military, well, it might be more of a reason where if you're in the military, it might be more of a reason to be adversarial but it isn't like it used to be when I was in the military, it was the Russians were the red scourge and all this. And now we're kind of like, eh, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, it's bizarre I, that that could even happen. I mean, I guess it could, but it seems stupid. I mean, especially scientists because scientists generally aren't generally aren't like that. Like, oh, you're, they, they're, they're collaborative and they work together to get, for the greater good. Yeah, so I don't really, I, well, you know, Putin's been adversarial like for, yeah, you know, bad. the last 30 years or whatever. He's been the president. Um, how is the war going, Corey? Are you paying attention? I no idea. I think, I think they're pushing into parts of Russia. I think it was the last thing I heard. I think. So it sounds like, yeah, they, they well, they, 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 <laughs> bombed they sent a missile and they killed three people at a russian airbase within on russian soil so then russia just <laughs> annihilates their power system and you know they don't have it's the middle of winter they don't have any power you know it's crazy we're in there just you know we're pumping you know equipment in there and giving them billions of dollars it's probably going to an overseas account somewhere so somebody can retire but you know it's um the whole thing's insanity. I don't even know why he. It's I. They're just warlike. It's like it's been so long since we've been at war and we got all this stuff and we got to do something. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's just resources. It's it's like us fighting over the you know the few resources we have on the planet where you know we need to start going out and all everything down here comes from out there. You know, it's created in the sun. It gets blown out. So there's nothing down here that we can't find out there. You know, you got asteroids we can mine, the moon. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying to go, you know, strip mine the universe, but um, you, you know, know we will. Yeah. You know that's what we do. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but I mean, there's a lot of it. You know, it's the like I said, the asteroids. I mean, that's there's a you know that's a huge. I think eventually we're going to be doing that. Yeah. Um, you know, he, helium three on the moon. That's going to be a big one. I mean, I don't know why we weren't up there you know looking for that anyways and that's related to the whole you know how fusion works and everything so um yeah i i think we will but um yeah i don't know with russia that's it's bizarre that in the 21st century you still have these uh, you know people doing these types of things and you know that i don't know it's crazy yeah i don't well we have the tech i think the reason we're going back now is that we we're technologically advanced enough because remember when we went there before our cell phone has more power than the apollo missions so mm-hmm. 
now we're in a spot where we can actually make this move, you know, and China's already there. I mean, by the time the U.S. is always behind the eight ball on these things, you yeah, know, by I, the time I, we get to the backside of the moon and actually do anything, it's going to look like Vegas in there with China and Russia, you know, and we're always do go so slow. Artemis is not due until 24. It's going to take a year. <laughs> you know, Elon's like launching every week. And it's, yeah. you know, like you said, he's got his heavy, what are they, what's his big, what's his big dog rocket that uh, can the, go. I don't know if it's the Falcon Heavy or. Yeah, it's one of those. He's got one, it's got this massive sounding name. And yeah, he could. Like 30 engines or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So he can, he's ready. And then, you know, they're fighting over who's going to have the lander. And, you know, it's, you know, we're, we're, meanwhile, we're dinking around with. You know, they're going to be, and like we talked about before, he's going to be more involved than using shuttle surplus parts, hopefully, that they'll get smart. Because now we're going to be putting, it's going to be different next time because they're going to have people on it. And they're going to send it around. We're not landing, but we're going to make a dry run. They're doing the whole Apollo mission over again. Yeah, they're basically doing, yeah, they're basically, because, you know, it's safer. You know, we don't want to take, we don't kill anybody. The, Ch- you know. the Chinese are going to be—they're going to beat us there. I just—I saw something. I, I meant to look into it. I didn't get a chance. The Chinese said that their probe that they sent up there found some type of exotic material on the moon. Really? I don't know what that means. I don't know how much I trust that. You know, because you got to take anything that they say with kind of a grain of salt. But um, they, yeah, they did say that they found something exotic, some exotic material or um, something up there. So. Cool. Well, yeah, yeah there's there's already spaceships and cities inside the moon. You know that, right? You know. Well, I thought it was hollow. <laughs> yeah, those are the cities. Well, it's hollow. That's why. Oh God, we could. Yeah, the, I don't yeah. want to rehash my whole flaw. I already did it on the last episode. But yeah, there's cities or we've saw spaceships or aliens or something when they were there last time. So you know, it's. Um, I don't. I don't know. May. It, and there's a spire that's, you know, 13 miles high and there's all kinds of weird shit. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah, Probably, obvious. is there not? I hope there's something up there, you know, that we were, there's that philosophy where the another civilization was, used the moon was actually a, a vehicle by which to come through a wormhole or something. And, um, you know, we rescued another civilization and then we went from the moon and then we landed, went to earth and then all that happy stuff. So, uh, it's endless, the amount of speculation of what could be, hopefully when we're there, we can, you know, we can, rather than just walk around or drive around with our little car, the lunar Rover and, yeah. <laughs> I, I think they're going to find all kinds of interesting things. I think once we get to the moon and start going up there and studying it, I think they're going to find all kinds of stuff. I think Mars are going to find all kinds of stuff too. Um, I'm hoping, and I hope they'll yeah. tell us rather than keep it a secret. There's civilians going with um, Artemis. There's there's civilians on there, and they, we civilians typically can't keep a secret. You know, the military guys are pretty good at it, but it, you get your average person, they can't keep their mouth shut for nothing. 
So if something's well, they, seen, they've even come out since then and said all you know, talked about all the stuff that they've seen up there and all the experiences yeah. they had. So yeah, I mean, just nobody just really listened. They were like, yeah, because half the people don't even believe that we went to the moon. Yeah, that's so, the other thing. Or the yeah. Earth's flat. <laughs> or it's yeah, flat. yeah. I, mean, I don't want to laugh about. It. Sorry, Shelley. We'll keep an open <laughs> mind. You know, yeah. Did we go to? Did we not go to the moon? Was there a? You know, did we have a base in the UK that we were getting ready to film it in case it failed? Just like Capricorn mm-hmm. One. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's hard to say. All right. Well, we're running up on an hour. We made it. Next. Right. Next time we're together, we're going to talk about all your stuff behind you. Are those VHS no, or those books? What are those? No, those are uh, books. Have you read yeah. all those? Are they about UFOs or just various uh, different they're things? They're mostly like art books, like art of movies and things like that. You haven't built your model either, have you? You're... Nope. Can you see it? Yeah. The Lazar yeah. model, I can see it. The sport model up there. Yeah, and then I got the Roswell one too. Awesome. Yeah. All right, we'll wrap it up. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Alien Probe Podcast. We welcome comments, questions, or requests to alienprobepodcast at gmail.com. Visit us on Facebook. Check out our website, alienprobe.net. has all of our episodes. Check us on Twitter and Instagram at alienprobepod. Like and subscribe to YouTube. Thanks to our senior producer, Robert Anthony. Thank you, Corey, as always. Dr. Bill should be back next week. We're, you know, we're rolling right along. Thanks again.